All right, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. We're going to continue our Bible study tonight from, on the Believer's Authority. We'll be in Chapter 2 tonight. <coughs> Excuse me. So anyway, just so you know, all of our Bible studies, I think this is our fourth week. I don't know how many weeks we'll have. We're just uh, we're not in a race. Uh, when we do these Bible studies, we just go ever fast or slow we feel led until we get to the end. And anyway, uh, all of our Bible studies are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And we thank you for our partners who have financially supported us on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, so we continue to bring these messages to you. Anyway, um, uh, just trying to th- think if there's any other announcements in the night before we get started. So like I said, we're talking about the Believer's Authority. Uh, we're going to be in Chapter 2 again tonight. And I know we kind of started last week, but we're going we're gonna to back it up and just start restart the chapter, Whom He May Devour. Um, so that's where we'll, we'll be at tonight. Uh, we're talking about the Believer's Authority. Now this was the first... <coughs> I talk about this a lot, but uh, uh, this was the first teaching I got from Andrew Womack when I was introduced to him back in the 2009 area. Uh, so anyway, um, you know, and uh, this talks about, yes, pr- spiritual warfare or whatnot, but I believe from a uh, more biblical perspective than I've heard taught in a lot of different arenas. And because uh, it's not called spiritual warfare according to the book, it's called the Believer's Authority. As believers, we have authority. We need to know who we are in Christ. We know what we have. You know, uh, a cop, you know, needs to know what authority he has, he or she has. Uh, she can't, he or she can't go over the authority they have, and they can't. And they're they're they they are um, sworn in to uphold the authority that they do have. You know, a cop can't just say, <coughs> uh, you know what? I know there's a bank robbery. But I just don't feel like uh, uh, getting involved. No, he's been sworn in to get involved, and so at the same point in time, he can't exceed authority. He can't. He's not. He's not judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> he can't exceed his authority, but he can exercise his authority. Whatever that badge says he can do, he can do, and uh, within that jurisdiction of that badge, he can do. So as believers, we need to know who we are. We have authority. You know, a lot of time, a lot of us are. Uh, there was something I was going to read tonight. I might. I'm going to pull it up. It was actually from uh, the Terradez. Uh, Ashley and Carly Terradez. They posted something early last week after our Bible study, uh, and I was like, hey, you know what? I want to read that tonight because I think it, it was a good perspective. So Sherry's going to read for us. We're starting chapter two, and then uh, then we'll talk about it, and then hopefully I'll, I'll read that uh, little segment. Um, uh, the Teradez is, I think, will be very, very timely. So, anyway. Good. When you yield yourself to sin, you're serving Satan, who is the author of that sin. But when you yield yourself to obedience, you serve God, who is the author of that righteousness. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey... His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6.16 In this spiritual battle, your actions are very important. Most people recognize that actions are important in the physical realm. You know that there are consequences for what you do. If you're speeding while driving, 
you could get a ticket or cause a wreck. The ticket could cost money and put points on your license. The wreck could damage cars or even cost someone their life. When we talk negatively about someone, we can hurt their feelings or even loose demonic powers against them. There's much more to life than just this physical, natural surface level. Spiritual dynamics are constantly taking place. Whether or not the person you're speaking evil about ever knows it, you'll be affected. Venting anger, frustration, resentment, or unforgiveness affects you whether it affects anyone else or not. I've actually ridden with people who are very vocal in traffic when someone cuts them off. They've told me, that person doesn't know what I said. They didn't hear me. It doesn't matter whether they ever hear you or not. If you get angry and bitter, you've just yielded yourself to Satan. Whether you recognize it or not, the devil is the one who influences us to respond in the wrong way. Well, go ahead and comment, Sherry. I'm still looking for this. I, I am... <laughs> I, I just love how Andrew is so very clear and easy to understand. And it reading this section again actually made me think of a, a, a couple examples. One is, which I think I already mentioned before, we watched the movie about Mr. Rogers, uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I think it's called, with um, Tom Hanks, I think, is the actor who plays uh, uh, Mr. Rogers. But the it's based on a, a true-life person, uh, and his wife in the movie, because uh, the one of the, the actors were saying, oh my gosh, your husband is a saint. And she's like, I really don't like that word because he gets mad just like other people. Uh, he just chooses how to deal with it. And his, Mr. Rogers' way of dealing with getting angry and different things was to pray for people, to read the Bible, uh, to swim, you know, do things to change uh, from giving in to the devil to, you know, responding how God would want him to respond. And that movie actually influenced my life because he was very caring to anyone who came into his life and he focused on them and uh, what matters to that person. But the, the second example, I'm actually pointing the finger at me because I've learned that a soft answer does take away wrath, does deter wrath, not just in the other person, but in my own life. And I'm not perfect. I have given in to anger and snapped at people when I shouldn't have. But with the Holy Spirit's help, for the most part, I'm pretty good about uh, keeping my, my voice and my tone uh, down to be able to respond um, wisely and with respect to the other person and the Holy Spirit has really helped me to know how the how, why the other person is doing or saying what they are doing and saying not that it's right or wrong whether I'm the one in the wrong or, or them in the wrong but I know being able to calm myself down in my response even if I'm angry or upset uh, has really helped me tone down any anger or bitterness or offense that I may have. And I know it's beneficial to my own health by not giving in to that. I'm not saying it's easy, 
That's why we I I heavily rely on the Holy Spirit to be able to respond. But in a sense, what I'm hearing from Andrew and just in my own life, it is a choice how we can respond. We can choose to respond in obedience to righteousness, uh, responding to God, or uh, choosing to give in to our feelings, our flesh, and let the devil rule and reign in our life and our reactions. That's all good, you know. And you know, I was listening with half my ear while I was looking up the same from Paradise. But uh, you know, one thing I, I I think it was the beginning part part of the the chapter or the section that you read. Uh, but um, it just you know, who, whoever we serve. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's like what I got out of it. Uh, is our master, yeah. you know, and uh, and I talk about this a lot. Who's your Lord? Is Jesus your Lord, or is your circumstance your Lord? Is everything going on in the world your Lord? Is your sickness your 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 Lord? Is your emotions of what you're going through right now your Lord? And the list can go on and on and on. <clears throat> you know, and. I'm not trying to be insensitive to people struggling, but Jesus is my Lord, and I'm going to obey Him. Now, a lot of times we we put that in the context of obedience and for sin and doing right and whatnot. But, you know, when David came on the scene with Goliath, he realized God was his Lord. Goliath was not. The Philistines were not. And he knew he had a covenant relationship with God. And based on that covenant relationship, he had authority to take out Goliath. That, that's, that, that's a lot of what we're saying right here. He was going to serve God, not Goliath. Now, he wasn't. David didn't go trying to pick a fight. He was bringing cheese and crackers to his brothers because his papa told him to. But when he got on the scene, Goliath picked the fight. And he's like, I don't care what size you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young I am. Uh, how dare you defy the armies of the living God? He knew who his God was. And that's all that matter. It wasn't based on David. It wasn't based on his circumstance. It wasn't based on anything. I mean, Goliath could have been two times the size. Goliath could could have been, uh, you know, one, one of these superhero movies, one, one of these, you know, big, you know, monsters. It didn't matter. He was coming down. Why? Because in the, he came down and he came back and he knew who his God was. And he knew what authority he had. And, you know, when something comes against you, <coughs> as a child of God, or the church of Jesus Christ, we have authority. Now, like that cop, we can't exceed that authority. And we can't come out, uh, we have to honor the badge. We have, you know, David, it wasn't David who had the strength, it was God who had the strength in him. Uh, you know, and so I did find something. Uh, I don't know if this is what I remember, but uh, for Teradez, uh Ashley and Carly Teradez, they have their own ministry called Teradez Ministries. They're based out of Colorado Springs. Uh, we have a like-minded ministries page on our website <coughs> where we uh, showcase a lot of different ministries, and they're one of them. And we, uh, and uh, Car- Ashley and Carly sat, uh, were a part of uh, Andrew's staff a while. They were students. They were graduates, just like us. And uh, uh, they had their own ministry. Hannah got healed. Uh, basically, was on her deathbed. Uh, and her daughter, uh, uh, Carly, got healed from uh, epilepsy. 
I think so. Or uh, what that nature. Um, and so they have some very powerful healing testimony. Well, they have their own ministry, and they one of the main things they specialize is teaching on healing and finances. Those are two two biggies. Uh, they teach the whole gospel, uh, but that's where they they highlight a lot of their teachings on. Uh, which you know, when you understand when you understand believers' authority, you can understand healing better. You can understand provision better. Uh, we we mentioned something last week about uh, you can receive seven, receive, receive seven times back if the enemy steals from you. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you can understand better if you understand believers' authority. You know, and so uh, because you realize when you understand and when you understand righteousness, you can understand that healing is your legal right as a child of God. Being healed and walking in wholeness is your legal right and healing just ma- is a matter of using your power of attorney and your authority and commanding healing to, to, to manifest anyway uh, they, they wrote this little clip I thought that I thought what I was going to share was a little longer but maybe it was Barry Bennett that I I, I got it from but anyway it says, as believers we don't have to just take whatever comes and, and just deal with it we have power and authority to bring change to to our circumstances when Jesus died, he stripped the devil of all of his power and completely won the battle. This means that the authority that was lost when sin entered into the world was won back by Jesus. After he rose from the dead, the Lord had all authority in heaven and earth. But then he said, therefore, because I have all authority, I am now giving you, the church, disciples, authority too. So go and use it. Jesus has all authority. He won it at the cross. He took the keys of uh, of hell and the grave. But he also he gave us authority. He gave us authority. And so uh, he sent out the twelve. He sent out the seventy. And he has commissioned the church to go lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. He says, "Freely you receive, get, freely you receive, freely give." He told he told them multiple times, "Go heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead." You know that should be that is normal Christianity. <laughs> that is how it's supposed to work. We have authority. We don't have to. We're not serving the devil. We're not serving uh, the the world. No, we're serving them in the sense that we're ministering to them. But we're not their slaves. We're not their uh, subjects. We are submitting to God, resisting the devil, and, and he will flee. I'm, I, we need to know who we are. You can't submit to something if you don't even know who you are. If the cop doesn't even know what that badge is, you could be like Barney Fife. You can bark like a dog, and the enemy's just going to dance around you laughing. And you're, you're going to be like Barney Fife who, who just locks himself in the jail cell. <laughs> you know, if you ever watch Andy Griffith, we know who Barney Fife is. You know, anyway, it's just uh, when we know our authority, we don't have to get all bent out of shape, but we can just know our authority and walk in it. So, And, you know, if you remember right when you're thinking, how can we have authority? Not only did Jesus give it to us, but part of our identity in Christ is that we are kings and priests. And if you know anything about royalty, yes, the king himself has all the authority, but as God's children in in His family, 
He's adopted us into his family. He's chosen us. He's created us to be kings and priests. We have that authority as being part of God's lineage. And, you know, when, when you, uh, when you, if you are ever around royalty, um, the, the son or the daughter can speak for the king. Uh, when when they know the king's heart, they can say, "Well, the king made this decree, and they can they can enforce that decree." And that's what God's given us. He's given us this authority. Uh, you know, in in the garden with Adam and Eve, God told Adam, I, "I'm this the whole creation. I'm giving to you to be the caretaker, to be the the uh, one in authority over this." over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, you know, this is all uh, under your authority. And, you know, we all know the story of the garden where Adam and Eve fell and Satan, they basically gave their authority to Satan. Um, but praise God, Jesus Christ, like Dave said, took that authority back uh, over Satan, over the grave and Jesus turned around and gave it back to us because we are the rightful ones that God had designated to be the ones with authority. And Jesus sent us out, like Dave said, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. And um, I just wanted to read in Galatians. I know we all pretty much can quote Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You know, we, we know that the, the, the fruit of the Spirit has all these things. I, we have had so many people come to us and say, well, I choose not to forgive or I can't forgive. There's no way I'm able to forgive this person. They hurt me or... If I pray for patience, that means God's going to give me something to prove that I need patience. But we've, we've misunderstood the fruit of the Spirit. When we are believers and we have the Holy Spirit in us, that fruit is in us. The only thing we need help with is letting that fruit come out instead of letting the fruit, I guess you can say, of the flesh, of the devil come out like an anger or offense. But when we're walking in the spirit, like it says earlier in the chapter, verse 16, Paul says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walking in the spirit goes back to that obedience uh, of God that, that Andrew was talking about. When we obey God and his word, that's walking in the spirit and that fruit of the spirit that I just read a moment ago is able to come out and we bear fruit. And the more we walk in the spirit, the more fruit comes out. And, you know, even in John chapter 15, where it talks about abiding in the vine, the vine being Jesus, Jesus himself says that we are to abide in him so that we bear much fruit. God wants us to bear this spiritual fruit and to walk in it and not walk in the flesh, not walk in, in you know, what Satan has for us. Um, and we, we, can, we can conquer this with 
with the Spirit's help, with the authority that, that God gave us. I was still looking to see if I had found it. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's all, I mean, that's just good stuff. That's just good stuff. I hope you're listening. Uh, so let's go ahead and read some more. James 1.20 says, The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. In other words, giving place to anger and bitterness doesn't accomplish the righteousness of God. You aren't going to accomplish God's purposes by getting in the flesh, giving in to anger and losing your temper. That's not the way God's kingdom works. So whether anyone else ever hears you or not, what you say is having an effect on you. A fellow I led to the Lord some time ago was genuinely converted and had quite a ways and had come quite a ways in his discipleship. He upholstered cars and was trying to restore a certain old one. One day I went over to his house and knocked on the door, but there was no answer. I knew he was home, so I walked around to the backyard. As I came around the corner of his house, I heard this awful profanity screaming and yelling. This brother had a fence post and was beating the fire out of that car. He was cussing this car up and down as I, his pastor, came around the corner. When he saw me, he stopped for a moment, conviction I presume, and said, Well, it's just a car. It doesn't matter what I say to it. I didn't hurt anybody. I had to explain to him that it didn't matter what it was. When you give place to anger and vent like that, Satan jumps on it like a chicken on a June bug. The enemy will take full advantage of an open door like that to come and steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 10. Where envying, envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. James 3.16 Notice how this didn't say some evil works. It didn't say envying and strife could allow the devil to come against certain types of people. No, when you get into envy and strife, you're flinging the door wide open and saying, Come on in, Satan, and do your worst to my life. You're drawing a great big target on your back and saying, shoot your best shot. When you give in to envy and strife, you make yourself a target for the devil. Uh, Barry Bennett, I mentioned him a minute ago. He's one of the instructors here at uh, 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 Karen's Bible College, Andrews Bible College. Uh, anyway, he teaches a, a class. I forget which class it is, but he has a lesson where he talks about blessing your fields. And he's talking to the students. Now, you got to remember, a lot, most of the students there have jobs. <laughs> most people have a job, <laughs> you know. And sometimes when you're a student, you might, or anybody for that matter, you might not always get a job that you really wanted, <laughs> you know. It may be a part-time job or whatever the case may be right now with COVID and people on furlough and all kinds of different situations. But he talked, he talked to the students and said, you know what, you need to bless your field. I mean, you might, for example, let me just hypothetically say you were working at McDonald's. You might like their food once in a while, but you, you don't want to work there, <laughs> you know. And, and, but, and you can complain about the management, you can complain about this, your pay rate, this and that. And all of that might be something you might not desire, and I, can, I think most people could understand that. But while you're there, bless your field. That's your field. That's where you get a paycheck. That's where you get a food put on your table. Bless your field. You might not always like your circumstances. Bless your home. Bless your vehicle. 
<coughs> you know, we prayed, we prayed over our vehicles before. You know, we bless it. You're going to work. You know, uh, it, you know, it's better than what Andrew, what Andrew's, the opposite of that is, if you start cussing your car, your, your computer, you know, uh, what, your phone, uh, or whatever it might be, your dog, you know, whatever it could be, you know, you're actually cursing that thing. And even if even if you don't understand that or agree with that, the verse that Andrew read, where there's envy and strife, there's every evil work. That attitude, that behavior, that envy and strife just opened the door for the enemy and every evil work. Not just some of it, but every evil work. He just opened the door and said, come on in. And yet we wonder why we we have so many troubles, and yet some people they're cursing everything they have. <laughs> you know, you know. At the same point in time, I don't like what's going on in our world and our governments on many levels. And I believe there's a place to speak up and and different things. At the same point in time. You know, Paul lived in, 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 in a, a society where there was a very wicked government. The Roman government, the religious leaders, and Paul said we're supposed to pray for our leaders. Daniel lived under many, three, three different wicked kings. And yet he honored, David honored King Saul who was trying to kill, his, kill, kill him. And I don't agree with a lot of different things going on in the world. I believe in speaking up and, 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 and being a, a patriot to a certain degree. But are we praying for them as wicked as they may be? Are we praying for them as much as we are cursing them? Then if, if not, then half the, the problem that they're doing is your fault. My fault. You might not like that, but Paul said we're supposed to pray for them. Even King Nebuchadnezzar had a turnaround. Even the even when Jonah Jonah d- didn't want to go to Nineveh, the whole reason why we have Jonah in the well, the whole story, because he knew that if they repented, God would forgive them. You know, we need to pray for our country. Even the wicked leadership that I don't agree should be in leadership, and I'm not going to get all political. We need to be praying for them. Why? Because the Word of God says so. And I don't care what I or you say. If God says we're supposed to pray for them, we're supposed to pray for them. Do I agree with them? I didn't say I agree with them. Do I like them? I didn't say I liked them. But I believe we're supposed to pray for them. We're supposed to bless our country. Bless our state. Bless our county and city and whatnot. Bless our our, our, our employers, our businesses, our, the corporations. We might not agree with them. Daniel didn't agree with his leaders. Joseph, I'm sure, didn't agree with Pharaoh on a lot of things. Jesus and Paul didn't agree with the leadership there. But we're supposed to bless them and we're supposed to pray for them. Even when, even when uh, <coughs> uh, the, the apostles were thrown in jail for preaching the gospel, they didn't revolt. They didn't back down from preaching the gospel, but they didn't cause a riot. They didn't cause a ruckus. 
They spoke plainly, they spoke with boldness, but they spoke with respect. And so, uh, there's a lot I can talk about that. But we're supposed to bless things. <coughs> when we curse things, even something that's wicked, we have just opened the door for every evil work. <laughs> and I think there's enough blame to go on both sides of the fence with that one. Uh, I mean, you just look at Facebook and whatnot. And I'm not saying I agree with a lot of stuff. I'm not, you know, I believe we can speak up and, and, and do it in in a, uh, in a in a civil manner, uh, even if our even if our government's not civil. <laughs> I think there's still there's still ways. And I understand there's extremes. I understand there's extremes like the whole Holocaust and then what, where you don't even have a. I get that, and we're going in that direction. Uh, if we if, if they don't change. At the same point in time, I know we're supposed to bless them. We're supposed to pray for them. I didn't say I agree with them. And same thing with our bosses, our employers, maybe, uh, uh, you know, he was, and sometimes even our parents. I, I mean, I, I can't say that for ours. We have good parents. But some of you, some who are listening, may have abusive parents who are just, maybe they're alcoholics. Maybe they're druggies. I don't know. Either, or maybe they're just fornicators or have a bad mouth or abusive. You know, as of, I'm not saying we have to we, we be we don't have to be a punching bag and we don't have to be abused. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that, but I am saying we're supposed to pray for them. I am saying we're supposed to speak truth and life over them. Um, there's a there's a place to to challenge it in a in a proper proper civil manner, um, but at the same point in time, uh, hopefully you hear my heart. Bless your jobs. Bless your fields. Otherwise, even if you know how many you know you can do the right thing the wrong way, <laughs> and by by cursing it, by beating it, by a two by four or whatever, you know, and the things coming out of your mouth, uh, you know, you are actually opening the door to every evil work. Even if, even you know, even if what you are trying to beat to death is wicked <laughs> and evil, I understand some of that to a certain degree. I just um, you know, anyway, you want to add to it? You know, my, my take on it after hearing Andrew and Dave, you know, especially with, with hearing Dave, you know, so many times in Scripture it talks about, it, my my words, uh, being careful with with what we say. And, you know, Proverbs talks about the power of life and death are in the tongue. I believe it's in James that talks about the the what trouble our, our tongue can get us in, and I'm putting it lightly. It's really hard to tame our tongue, and I, you know, I get it. I get there's circumstances or people that just rub us wrong and irritate us and just push all our buttons, and we just uh, explode because we just can't take it anymore and I get that and there's circumstances people being abused and stuff that you know I, I get people's reaction I mean uh, there's some things you don't want to cross me on because uh, I'm really afraid of how I'm going to react even if whatever you crossed me with was was bad um, but you know I, I looked up the verse uh, that that Dave and Andrew were talking about in James 3 
And I looked up in the Amplified, as well as the Young's Literal and the New King James and the regular King James. And I, I want to just read it from the one, the Amplified, because James 3.16 in the Amplified says, For wherever there is jealousy, envy, and contention, which is rivalry and selfish ambition, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. You know, I, I just like the strong wording because, you know, we're, we get, okay, envy, jealousy. I, I kind of get that. But when, when you're looking at it at, you know, I want my way, uh, you just crossed me, you're, you're making me not get what I want, or, I mean, I'm probably not seeing it correctly, but do you really want selfishness to rule and win the day? I mean, I, I get every person, young or old, we, we all pretty much are selfish. You know, I, I uh, see Mother Teresa's example where it, it seemed like she was so selfless and went out and served the poor and loved on them. But uh, the norm, at least in my, my world, it, we're all pretty selfish. But what good does that do me to be selfish? When, I mean, in the long run, does it matter if I get my way versus someone else when I can make their day and bless them? You know, getting my way is really not going to last long. I'm going to forget about it in the next day or two. But knowing that if I yield to uh, envy and selfish amb ambition or confusion, I mean, I'm just opening the door to the enemy and, you know, allowing unrest, disharmony, rebellion, all this evil stuff to, to come in my life and other people's lives because I would prefer being selfish. I mean, is it really going to matter in a, a year or two or even a hundred years that, that we get our way or responded like we did? You know, it's just it's just food for thought, something to think about because, you know, knowing that Satan came to still kill and destroy and that we can open the door so that he can have his way in things like that and cause havoc and every evil work. I mean, you know, in a sense, that's a little scary. Praise God Satan's under our feet. Praise God that Jesus gave us authority. Praise God that we can walk in the flesh and, I mean, excuse me, we don't want to walk in the flesh. Praise God we can walk in the spirit and not let our flesh open the door uh, to the enemy. But, uh, you know, you in the moment, I get anger takes all of us and um, you might not think anything of it, but when you realize that you're just drawing a target on your own back to let offense come in, to let anger come in. You know, this example of the guy beating the car up, you know, if you give in to anger, you know, the next thing you could be uh, opening the door wider and wider until eventually you're going to be abusing your kids because you couldn't, uh, you couldn't control yourself with God's help. And, you know, hurting someone else is, you know, that's, I, I'm not going to 
I don't want to go there. That's just horrific to me. But do we really want to open that door? Awesome. Well, let's read the next section. Are you spiritually stinky? We are unto God a sweet savor, smell of Christ, in them that are saved and in them that perish. 2 Corinthians 2.15 What is your spiritual scent? Are you giving off the sweet aroma of Christ? Or are you spiritually stinky? Just like flies and rats, demons are attracted to open wounds and garbage in your life. Your rotten attitude, getting mad in traffic, being bitter over whatever, and criticizing everything and everyone is putting out an aroma that's drawing every demon in the county to your house. And you wonder, why am I having these problems? Why does nothing go right for me? That's just ignorance gone to seed. You need to recognize that we're in a spiritual battle. Your thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions are either releasing the power of God in your life or they're releasing the power of the devil. You might think, fate is against me. I have bad luck. You may even put it off on the Lord saying, God, why have you allowed these things to happen to me? It's not like that at all. God is good and he's doing everything he can to save, bless, heal, and prosper you. However, we do have an enemy who is going around looking for anyone he may destroy. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. 1 Peter 5.8 Notice that it's whom he may devour. Sin cannot devour or destroy you without your cooperation. One way he gains that cooperation is through ignorance. You may think that it doesn't matter if you get mad at the car you're working on or the driver who just cut you off in traffic. You might think that nobody's harmed when you gossip about someone who isn't there saying they won't hear this. But the truth is, once you start venting these things, Satan takes advantage of it. For some reason or another, we feel like politicians are just fair game. We think we're free to say anything we want about them because the freedom of speech our country enjoys encourages us to voice our disagreement. However, there is a right and wrong way to do it. I've heard Christians rail on a presidential candidate or some other public officer in ways that aren't healthy. You can disagree without putting a person to shame with the words you say. It doesn't matter whether they ever hear you or not. You could be opening up a door to the devil through your own words. Romans 6.16 you know, and uh, you know, a lot of this is just a continuation of what we've already been talking about. But you know, a lot of times we're we're blaming the devil for what's happening in our life, but we're the one that opened the door, <laughs> and we don't realize it. You know, a lot of times we think we open the devil with like things like Harry, Harry Potter, Ouija boards, and whatnot, and I definitely don't see a lot of things that we can do in, in that, those regards. But when there's envy and strife, there's every evil work. And sometimes, I mean, we can cast the devil out of things, but then, you know, if we have the attitude, we're just inviting the devil right back. And, you know, it's like, it's almost like we, uh, uh, we, we, we kick him out the back door, but we're keeping the front door wide open. And so, what's he going to do? He's just going to go around the house, come right back in. You know, it's just, uh, uh, there's some things, you know, the Bible also says, if you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you'll reap corruption. 
There's just some things that we give the devil too much credit. We we're the we're the we're the one inviting it all in. We're the where you reap, you will sow. If you don't like corn, stop sowing corn. If you don't want evil, every evil work, stop sowing it. Uh, but you know we we think like the one guy said, it's just a car. It's the car's not the issue. It's your heart. It's the envy and strife that's the issue. It's not the car. Yep. Want to beat the car up? Go ahead and beat the car up. But at the same point in time, it's your heart. It's the, you know, it's not just the words, even though it is. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you're speaking is coming out of the abundance of your heart. Uh, you know, you know, uh, there's other scriptures about don't let other, any idle talk and, and, and whatnot. The Bible says with, uh, we can bless. Uh, uh, um, what does it say in Proverbs? Um, uh, I'm trying, trying to think. I quote this all the time, and right now I'm drawing a blank. But you know, we can we can bless or we can curse it. You know, we there's power, of life in the tongue, pa- power, of life and death in the tongue. That's the verse I was thinking of. You know. We we don't. God has given us a. We have a. We already have authority, and some of us are using it for the devil, and we don't realize it. Well, there's strife and any. I mean, there's a whole other aspect I, I can go into, and I don't want to. Uh, but you know, in the, in the in the Matthew 18, Jesus starts out with the parable of the lost, uh, uh, not the lost sheep, like in Luke 15, but. Uh, if, if, if uh, will a shepherd lead the 91, 99 to go out to the one, that parable. And then he talks about, uh, you know, a fence. If uh, there's a fence, then you bring, you go to your brother. If he won't listen to you, you bring someone else in. If they won't listen, you bring, bring it to the church. And there's, there's four steps. And he talks about church discipline. At the end of the chapter, he's talking about the, he has a <coughs> parable of the unmerciful servant. Before that, Peter had asked a question about uh, how many times do we forgive? Seventy times seven. That whole concept came up. But right in the middle of all of that uh, was this. We, we use it for prayer, and it does apply. <coughs> but Jesus said, uh, you know, wherever two or more agree together, there I am in the midst. And we have the power to, whatever we bind, will be bound. Whatever we loose, will be loose. We use that towards prayer, but Jesus is actually using that towards church discipline. And he, he's also using it. And Andrew, in his commentary, he has <coughs> uh, some of his commentary, just a, a little few few notes on a particular scripture. But he has pages and pages of notes on this in his commentary. And he says, you know, when we gossip... And we come together to, as two, uh, two, two, two or more, just like we do in prayer. Do you know that we're actually cursing? Uh, we're, we're actually loosing the enemy and binding uh, uh, God's grace and, uh, and so-and-so's life? We're actually cursing people. when we, We're actually using a spiritual principle that God intended for good, like in prayer and blessing one another. We're using it in reverse order how God intended it. And we are actually, sometimes, some of us, how we act and treat one another with gossip and slander. We are, and all, all sorts of things. We are actually, we're supposed to be binding the enemy and loosing God's, God's virtue, his grace, his healing, his, his mercy. 
but some of us are actually binding God in the Spirit of God, healing, wholeness, unity, and we're actually releasing every evil work. And uh, we're doing it in reverse order, you know. Um, and so it just, uh, I, I don't have time to teach all that right now, and that's not just our subject. My, thing, my point is, I'm just trying to piggyback on what Andrew's been saying here. We're going to get into some other things about our authority. But we sometimes need to realize that sometimes we're the one that let the cat out. <laughs> we're sometimes the one that let the dog out. Sometimes we're wondering why the enemy's on the loose. Because we invited them in. We left the door wide open. The light, we left the light on and everything. And so, anyway. Yeah, and, and I know I, I use movies a lot as examples, but uh, if you've ever seen the movie Facing the Giants, um, there's a Christian high school football team that is really struggling they've lost good players to other schools because they've the students have moved away they just they're not very good um the the players have negative attitudes and they're just kind of like well you know we're we're not very good so we're just gonna lose you know the game and the other team's stronger than we are and yet when the the team went, actually the whole school had a revival and the the team really got on fire for God. They um, their coaches actually encouraged them about you know the attitude of their heart because they were just they were very negative. Uh, they had uh, this one example. One of the kids uh, was just so rebellious towards his dad and just so negative and uh, disrespectful to his dad and the dad wasn't very respectful back because of his son being uh, like that and yet when the son uh, received Jesus as his own Lord and Savior and realized oh my gosh I've treated my dad horribly he apologized to his dad and their relationship got restored father and son but the whole team, you know, they're being encouraged and they're, you know, they're, the coaches are talking about, you know, the, you, does your, your heart attitude, does it stink or does it, does it smell good? And I'm really paraphrasing, I encourage you to watch it. But there was one event during practice where the, one of the players was a, a leader in the school. And so, the co the head coach had him do this um, death crawl. Death crawl. Uh, if you, I guess if you uh, you'd know if you're and have seen the movie, but he kept complaining. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, we're just gonna lose. I'm not strong enough. I'm not. Um, but he did it blindfolded, and the the coach just kept encouraging. You can do it. You can do it. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And he was able to actually go farther than he could uh, with his eyes open. And the whole point of this story, and I, I hope you can watch the movie, was the coach was trying to, to get into the players, especially this one who was a, uh, a spiritual leader in the school, that your heart attitude can make a difference. You can either use it for negative and have people follow you and just, you know, go... Uh, either you know be rebellious to your parent, um, go to uh, detention or different things. You know, lose 
football games because you're you're back, you're down on yourself and and not working as a team and different things. Or you can have a God attitude and succeed no matter if there are giants like what David in the Bible faced or uh, this this Christian school in the movie, how they had this really big team that was their giant in the movie and uh, they just, this this giant team was, was undefeated and, and they had, I don't know how many players, I don't remember, but they had a massive team and they were good and they were strong and they were always winning the championship and different things, but the this Christian school God got a hold of these students and their all their attitudes changed even the coach the coach had an attitude of just defeat everything was going against him um, and I don't want to ruin the movie if you haven't seen it but uh, even the coach had an attitude change and God really ministered and changed his own heart to have a heart to be able to be blessed and be a blessing and um, you know there, there's a big it's a big deal to, about our heart attitude right 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 it is I mean uh, and, and, uh, again I quoted Proverbs tonight but uh, I think I forget what again the reference but uh, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life you know we can talk about believers authority and we will about how we can fix some things but some of us need to we, we need to you know, we we need to stop the we need to stop the leak. There's a leak. There's a problem. There's mm-hmm. a infection. We need to get the infection, the leak, under control. We need to uh, plug the hole, so to speak, and then we can start learning how to. Uh, you know, we we we, ha- we 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 can do it defensive defensively and offensively, but you know, uh, we gotta we. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. We also have. We need to how, understand how spiritual things work too. You know, some of us have just. Some of us have never been taught this, and so we don't. We didn't realize it. We didn't. It's not like we revolted against God purposefully, but at the same point in time, through ignorance, we have actually opened the door to the enemy. I don't. We're not teaching all this so you feel bad. We're teaching all this to, to help you. And it gets you back on the right track. And I, sometimes I even need the reminders. I know me, you know. Uh, there's times where I've allowed my mouth to get a hold of me and whatnot. Uh, and different things. And, you know, because I got in the flesh. Yeah, as a pastor, I've done that, you know. And so, you know, by the same point in time, and I'm not proud of that. But I just, you know, uh, there's certain things that just tick me off. And there's some things that tick you off and whatnot. Or sometimes we just get to our wits end. At the same point in time, that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't make it right, you know. And what you reap, you will sow no matter who you are. The, you know, it's it's a law of reaping and sowing doesn't play favorites. Just like gravity doesn't play favorites. Gravity doesn't say, oh, he's a Christian. I'm, gravity's not going to work for him. He's not going to fall off the, the cliff. He's not going to fall out of the airplane. No, it's a law. It doesn't pick favorites, you know. You know, uh, you know there, there's an old joke. Uh, I don't know if it's a joke or a real story, but uh, Muhammad Ali was flying in an airplane, and the captain had told him to put on the seatbelts. 
And uh, Muhammad Ali didn't put on his seatbelt, and the stewardess came by and said, the captain asked you to put on your stupor, uh, on, on your seatbelt. And Muhammad Ali responded and said, well, Superman doesn't need a seatbelt. And the stewardess said, Superman doesn't need no airplane. And so, anyway, uh, he got the message. Uh, you're going to ride the airplane, you're going to wear a seatbelt. So, anyway. Well... I don't know what to respond to that that story because what Dave was sharing made me always I go back to Jeremiah 17 so often, but it reminded me um, of Jeremiah 17 verses five through eight. Thus says the Lord: Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit. The parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. You know, I like this because it, it it just basically goes with what Dave uh, and Andrew and I have been talking about. You know, we have one hand, we have the cursed man who trusts in man, who trusts in flesh, who trusts in self, and he can't see when good comes. He's so frustrated. He's so uh, angry at life because all he sees are all the bad things coming against him and so he's reacting in it and um, basically just like a snowball rolling down the hill getting bigger and bigger that's what uh, the the cursed man is doing is just making his life worse and worse and then struggling with it and just being more and more angry and uh, yet the blessed man still has the same rain or drought or whatever coming on him but he is trusting in the Lord trusting that the Holy Spirit will lead him no matter what comes against him and he is able to flourish and and you know always be green not be anxious in the year drought always bearing fruit because he's realizing that his heart attitude is trusting in the Lord and that he can only see when good comes. So when the drought comes, when things come against him, he doesn't have to rely on his anger or his own wits uh, to see if he can get by. He trusts in the Lord to get him through whatever's causing the drought, whatever's causing him to, to, whatever's coming against him, you know, whatever is causing him to be angry, he can say, you know, no, I'm I'm trusting in God, and his attitude is at is at peace because he's trusting in the Spirit, and you know, walking in the Spirit, and um, you know, there is such a big difference when we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us, even though our flesh desperately wants to react, um, but it just there's such a difference when when we choose make that choice to you know let the the open the door to Satan by letting our our self our anger our uh, whatever have its own way or you know what I'm not going to react in this moment yes it's making me mad but I'm going to 
rely on the Holy Spirit to keep my mouth shut. And, uh, you know, I made the choice years ago to, when I, I found myself just really struggling with <coughs> anger and offense and bitterness, and I just, I, I just, I said, I can't do that anymore. I physically, I'm feeling it mentally, emotionally. I know it's, it's, uh, really being destructive to me in every which way. And I just took a stand with the, uh, the Lord's help. And I said, no more. I am not, you know, I'm, I can get, give in to anger. I have my bad days, but, uh, the Holy Spirit has really, strengthened me in this area and um i just i know the health benefits of not giving in to the flesh whether it be the bitterness and offense and anger that i had dealt with years ago uh or uh whatever it is that we're allowing in our life with you know the the sin and different things that that satan's uh put in front of us awesome very good very good well, we're out of time, so uh, we'll, we'll pick it up here next week. Uh, I was hoping to get a little clearer, but that's fine. We're, uh, we're not in a race. Anyway, so uh, uh, that's, that's that for tonight. We do invite you to join us on Sunday, and we're going to be continuing our, our teaching on knowing the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're going to be teaching a different aspect of, of, of the Holy Spirit than I have never talked about before this week. I'm going to be talking about oil and wine. And I'll just put that as a little teaser out there. And then uh, we have our Bible study on Sunday night on Effortless Change at 6. So uh, we live stream at 11.15 a.m. That's when we start the teaching. And then we have uh, our live stream for our Bible study on Sunday evening at 6. So anyway, Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. Lord, uh, teach us who we are in Christ. Teach us. Some of us need to be taught afresh that we need to guard our hearts from getting loose and we need to put a uh, we need you Holy Spirit to help us to walk in the spirit so we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh and that is to lash out and, and get an anger and emotion and oppression and, and all kinds of different uh, negative emotions or the, one of the fruits of the spirit is temperance it's called self control and we worship you we magnify you in your name we give you thanks Amen and amen. God bless you guys. All right.